podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. I'm Eddie Gibbs and welcome once again to Off The Wall, the podcast here on Anfield Index, where we like to give you a small flavour of some of the content available on the paywall side of our channel at Anfield Index Pro. Now, before we get started, this show is brought to you in partnership with LibertyShield.com, the perfect VPN companion for all your entertainment and privacy needs, where you can get 25% off everything using coupon code AIVPN. That's AIVPN. Now, with Liberty Shield, you can get a USA VPN. This will allow you to access services such as NBC Sport, as well as American Netflix, Disney Plus, Hulu, and much, much more. One of the things I use the USA VPN for myself this week was to watch uh, Klopp's Promise. Uh, it's on YouTube. Uh, it's only available in America. It's produced by NBC. And it was a, a great account, a video account, for about 45 minutes or so of uh, everything that's happened since Jurgen Klopp rocked up for that press conference and said he was going to turn us from doubters into believers. And he certainly uh, managed that. Now, yesterday, you'd have heard uh, Trev speaking to... Uh, John Aldridge in part one of the interview. That's on the back of the interviews that we released last week on Off the Wall, uh, the two-part specials with Jan Mulby, Paul Walsh, and Mark Lawrenson. And if you're an Anfield Index Pro subscriber, then you may have heard two parts of the Steve McMahon story already, and of course, part one of Jason McAteer's story. We'll be bringing you part two of that very soon. Now, there's loads of shows on Anfield Index Pro, and we're trying to bring you as many as we can uh, without games to talk about it can be slightly tricky, but it's a good opportunity for reflection podcasts or reminiscence podcasts uh, for, quite frankly, what's going to happen next. Uh, I mean, it's it's a fascinating time. And in some ways, it's a little bit different with podcasting because we're not so restricted around games. For instance, we can record a show and release it probably at the right time for content uh, in terms of a content timetable rather than trying to get everything out before a match because people are going to talk about that match so uh, there's no transfers there's no uh, there's no football matches so it's a, a time to do slightly different things with the content uh, over on Anfield Index Pro now you can get hold of all of these shows uh, all everything we do on Anfield Index Pro you can do so absolutely free for 30 days instead of the usual seven days to sign up all you have to do head on over to anfieldindexpro.com there is zero, and I mean zero, obligation to continue after the 30-day trial. You can cancel at any point during the trial and you will not be billed. If you don't cancel and you decide to stick around, and of course we hope you will, then the cost is only £3.49 per month or £39.99 per year. So today on Off The Wall, we're going to give you part two of the John Aldridge story. Trev talks to Aldo this time about his role in one of the greatest Liverpool sides of all time. His impressive international career with the Republic of Ireland, the harrowing experience of the Hillsborough tragedy and its aftermath, his unpleasant departure from Liverpool after two successful seasons, his foreign adventure with Real Sociedad, and there's even a story about how Trev and Aldo had previously met on a Ryanair flight, uh, talking about crosswords and things like that. So, uh, so there is actually a precursor to this uh, to this interview, which is uh, covered in this in this part. Now, as always, we'd love to hear your feedback. Uh, please do join our free Discord community. I say it every time I do one of these shows, and I can't emphasize enough how much I think Liverpool fans will enjoy being part of that community. It's completely free to join. Anfieldindex.com forward slash Discord. That's D-I-S-C-O-R-D. Alternatively, do give us your thoughts on Facebook. Just search for Anfield Index, or of course, we're on Twitter at Anfield index 
or at Anfield Index Pro. So let's do it. Here we go. John Aldridge in the company of Trev Downey for the interview part two. Hello and welcome back to the interview with John Aldridge. In part one, John told us about his breakthrough in professional football, his days at Newport and Oxford and his early days at LFC. Listen now as I continue my chat with this Scouse League and FA Cup winning legend. So 87-88, John, 29 matches unbeaten, only two defeats for the team in the entire season. I think there was nine successive scoring outings for you, which is remarkable stuff. 26 goals in total, all of which basically culminated in a really comprehensive league victory for that side. And you'd have to be considered insane if you thought that, you know, that would be the the second last title for 30 years, by the way. Who'd have thought that? We'll get to that at a different point. It probably doesn't get better than that for you as a Liverpoolian, does it, that season? I mean, that has to be the height of, 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 I mean, anyone's dream career. It was if you take away the penalty against Wimbledon, fucking right it does. <laughs> <laughs> There's always freaking something, John, isn't there? There's always yeah. something that just kind of it, stops it from being you know, perfect. It, you know, it's always something that stopped me and me from, from getting to the very, very high tunnels to go up. But that one, obviously, um, I was disappointed in, in like before um, Jamie Vardy just cut this record. I'd scored 10 on the bounce because the Chelsea game the following season was the last game of the season the league. Then it was 9 on the bounce. And it wasn't. No one noted it. I thought, that's strange. It's only Van Nistelrooy that he noted. So that went un- unseen, you know, because uh, I, was, I was hurt by that. And then yeah, obviously but, the... But John, the you know why that is? That's because football was invented in 1993. Isn't that it, basically? Yeah, it is. You know, it's ridiculous. You know, Absolutely I, yeah, stupid to see, it? Yeah, it's basically the Premier League and Sky and Man United, that's when football started, it's all bullshit, but you know, yeah, I, I, and look, right. like, like you say, I mean, that that in and of itself, I mean, people talk about strikers going on a run, I mean, when you're in a season and you score in nine consecutive games, you must be thinking, hang about, this is, this is what it's all about, this is, this is, is properly that I'm at the pinnacle here, I'm really doing my yeah. thing, like, it, it's got to be a real source of pride for you and probably just it's all i'd say it was a real surprise when in the 10th game you didn't score yeah absolutely yeah it was you know um, but we had other people who, who could score regularly as well Barnes, that's true i scored like late 20s 30 whatever league and cup Barnes, you get 20 peter got about 18 ray had about 14 Stephen man have about 10 you know ronnie that was six to go the center asked have some steve nicola have about 10 it just went through the team you know, we, we had it from all angles. Um, but I'm, I won't lie because I was always proud to score a goal. I was, if I didn't score a goal in a game we won, I was still upset. I was upset, yeah. you know. Made up that we won, don't get me wrong, but I'm upset that I hadn't scored, especially in that team. Um, so my goal that year was obviously to win the league, you know, hopefully the FA Cup, uh, and to get the golden boot. I wanted the golden boot as much as anything. Because that was for Liverpool Football Club and the fans, you know, as much as myself. Yeah. Um, so when I won that, I was I was really so delighted. You know, I was so delighted to 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 win that that year as well. You know, um, that that just you know was was the cream on the on, on top of the cake. 
Well, you, like you say, and you're, you're, you're kind of very uh, graciously and humbly talking about how it's for the club. And of course, that's how you would have felt as a native of the city. But it is a testament to your ability as a goal scorer as well. First and foremost, that's what that award is all about. And, you know, um, like I said way back in the intro, I mean, you know, you, what you are as a goal scorer, what you've always been as a goal scorer. I wonder, like, uh, you know, we talked about the pressure of, 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 of replacing Rushy and Kenny even saying, look, that's why you're here and we're going to build a team around you. We're going to make chances for you. It was, 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 was that ever a burden to you or was it, did you like at that stage of your career, you talk about winning the golden boot and what it meant for you. Yeah. Um, it must have been, it must have been, there must have been some kind of pressure on you. Did you, did you ever, did you ever feel that as a, as a, as a, as a burden? The pressure was always put on from myself, not other people. Yeah, Kenny yeah. or other players. I always put pressure on myself anyway. I was always, since Len Asher told me in my, my first season at Newport, if you want to be a top player, you've just got to score one goal in every two games. So that always lived with me. So if I went through a drought, maybe four games, uh, I knew the next game, if I scored an early goal, hey, I'm in here. I can, I can peg it back, if you know what I mean. and get yes. two or three and put me back in that one every two games. But thankfully, I think Leonard Shears left me with that legacy and I've got a lot to thank him for that because psychologically, that was always inbred every every season. You've got to get one goal in two games, which, you know, I did and I'm, I'm, I'm better, you know, uh, right through my career. You know, it was, it was the fact that, you know, I knew that to be a top striker, that was what you had to do. That's the magic total, isn't it, John? I remember myself thinking, you know, when I used to be playing at a ridiculously low level compared to you, but just one and two and you feel like I'm doing the business here. And like you say, to finish your entire career with that ratio and a bit better in that ratio, that is like going right back to Len saying, you, mu- you must have been saying thanks for that, mate, because it put it in your head that like, this is where I want to be all the time. And that's the pressure you put on yourself. And it really worked out. John, I hate to do it to you, uh, but that year it could have been a double uh and yeah. doubles back then were were as rare as the the, the hairs on wayne rooney's head you know people didn't yeah. do doubles very often um right. and, it was tough it was a hard oh, man. to do yeah it's hard yeah it's like, only talking about spare and um i think spurs awesome. did one arsenal did one and then there was the 85 86 team that were right. kenny's kenny's debut season i mean it was it was a rare thing and 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 and, and that side that you were part of could have had two but anyway the, the first yeah. of the uh, the opportunities was was that year, and now I recall that FA Cup run. I think there was a, I remember a beautiful volley from you, a really good team goal. Um, yeah. I think it was, was it two you got in that semi final against Forest. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, just before the final, of course, we're leading up to the, the the moment that most Liverpool fans would would rather forget because it just was so surreal. Uh, the idea of losing to Wimbledon in an yeah. FA Cup final, and of course, you had the extra sort of pain of having to endure that penalty malarkey, yeah. but really. Yeah. That really, John, that's neither here nor there in the greater scheme of things because realistically, the other guys have spoken to said it wasn't really Liverpool who showed up that day. No, we didn't, for whatever reason. And I've, I've, I've watched that game back many times, but first off, we had we had some really good situations where we didn't punish them. Dave Besson, they pulled off a couple of really good saves and then the turning point was probably where Peter Beasley went through, you know, and, and that the, the, the referee just blew a little bit too soon, didn't allow play to go on because he chipped the goalkeeper and uh, pulled it back and nothing came with the free kick. Then, obviously, Sanchez scored, uh, you know, free header, which we weren't happy about. And then, obviously, we had the chance to get back into it um, with the penalty, which I think, well, I know, 
it wasn't a penalty. It was it was a great tackle by him. Um, you know, they, they, he slid in and got the ball just off my toe, back to the keeper. I think the referee, Mr. Hill, seen it as an opportunity to 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 get get back because he made the rip, not letting Peter Peter Bezio through. So he gives us the benefit of the doubt, gives the penalty. But then I spoke to Dave about it many times. You know, Dave Besson's about it afterwards, and uh, he obviously he, most of my penalties went in that side of it, the stanchion. I did the stanchion or the top of the stanchion. So he made his mind up to 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 leave his line early and spread himself out just to block all of that. Um, the the right side as I'm looking at the goal from me, and and as it were, I just let the the, the I let the, the the moment get to me in many ways. I wasn't as um, I relaxed as I should have should have been when I take penalties because I would have rolled it in the other corner because uh, I always waited for the goalkeeper to make a move. The occasion got to me a bit, and Dave did his own work well, and and it was a pretty good save to be fair because it was. It, it was a good height, but it was in the corner. Yeah. The stanchion there. But I've got to give him credit for it. Um, but as I said, the occasion got to me a little bit. But, the, the, but then the, what hit me more than that was Kenny bringing me off straight afterwards. It was, it was still like 18 minutes ago or whatever it was, you know, and I, I thought I still could, could, could make an amends, you know, with the top goal scorer. And he brought Craig on for me. I thought that was odd. But that was my last touch of that cup final. And yeah. the following year, the first touch of the, of the 89 Cup final, I found myself in the same place and the ball went where it should have gone in the year before. That's weird. That is strange and a lovely kind of a symbolism yeah. too. And we'll absolutely want to talk to you about that. But I mean, I just wanted to chat to you about penalties for a second because I was speaking to Jan about them in detail and... Mm. Um, I, re- I remember I actually used to, I mean there's not that many years between us John but like just I used to watch obviously I did watch Liverpool and while you played and I do remember trying to copy that penalty style of yours it was very specific you you had a little kind of what I used to call an Aldo shuffle where you kind of break mm. your run um, yeah. was it, w- w- do, do you, w- did you do that every single time John? yeah yeah. Uh, I, I used to do it in training and the practice to be fair it was always I always knew goalkeepers moved before the, the kick was taken so if I could specialise in stamping my right foot, the one that I kicked the ball, and that would send them. By the time you get your left foot, you've got to compose yourself there when your left foot comes by the ball because he's in the corner. You only have to roll it into the corner or put it in yeah. the corner. And yeah. uh, it worked the treat 90, 95% of the time, to be honest. Um, if you, did, you didn't get right now and again, if you did the post or, you know, you could do things wrong, but, but it carried that right through my career, you know, um, and a lot of lot of players picked up on it, you know. Afterwards, they all do it now. Um, but the stamp uh, was was the stamp the right foot, and it sh- by the time the goalie died, you can compose yourself for the next step to just slide into the corner. And uh, unfortunately, you didn't do it at Wembley, but uh, you know, I've done it most of the times afterwards. I was going to say you did it most of the time, and that really really is what matters. Uh- 1988, John's a good time for us to, to sort of make a sideways move into into international chat for a while because at this point I just wanted I actually wanted to, we've actually met before you wouldn't remember this but I was on a flight uh, about this time of the year actually back from Liverpool to Ireland to Dublin a Ryanair flight and uh, I found myself sitting beside you in 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 the in the in the front seat of a, of a Ryanair flight and uh, I was just I just glanced over and I said fucking hell there's Aldo and, and I was like oh shit okay and I'm, I, the way I was brought up you just you don't annoy people right you just don't annoy people even though even though i'm looking at a fella here who scored goals for my for my 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 club and 
I'm a proper hero of mine. I'm just going, ah, shit, just say nothing. Just be respectful. Say nothing. And actually, you turned to me. You were doing a crossword, and you were asking me for a dig out with a clue. And I went, <laughs> I said, you know what? This lad's all right. I, I, we, I think we, 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 we legit and tonic each, and we were talking a bit of golf about the football, and it was deadly. And then at the end, John, in contrast to me, with me, my reserved sort of manners, I was, I was like, uh, yeah, well, you were heading off to some do or whatever, and we were just getting up. And the minute you stood up, everyone in the plane went, ah, Aldridge. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's unbelievable. I mean, the, the impact, it, I think it spoke a lot because it was a many years later, and it spoke a lot to the impact that you had mm-hmm. on people in this country, in that team. And all of those guys, that group of footballers, uh, did that six year period, John, yeah. from 88 to 94. Like, it's, it's unsurpassed in the country's history. And I don't think they'll ever be anything like it again because it was such a, it was a new yeah. thing. Yeah, you know? no, you're right, Trevor. Yeah, it was um, it was special what Jack did. Um, got a gang of lads and who, who, who became good friends and fight for each other on the pitch. Um, and really good players as well. Uh, it was it was the, the ten years the other Ireland was was right up there with the, with the best. Uh, the, the 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 respect that you get now when when you go to to Ireland or anywhere in Ireland, whether it be Dublin or Galway or Cork, wherever. It's it's immense, absolutely immense. You're never forgotten for for the great times that we gave people in the the two World Cups and obviously the Euros when we beat England. That for me was the that I enjoyed that game more than anyone, even including the quarterfinal against Italy. The the beating England was was telling people that we're here as as a unit, we're here as a team, a yeah. nation, um, and, and you know we're here to stay for some time. I give a good account of ourselves, which you did. I think I think it had a tremendously profound effect on the country and, and uh, you know an Ireland that was kind of growing up a little bit and, and developing into what it became you know uh, uh, economically and all the rest of it but basically as you say it wasn't just a good gang of lads it was incredible caliber of player you had just from Liverpool Houghton, Lawrence and Whelan, Beglin yeah. but also you had eventually lads like Dennis Irwin and a fella called Paul McGrath who for me uh, John is one of the best players I've ever seen play the yeah. game yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, Paul, you must have been you uh, must have been aware of that when you were training with him, right? Ah, uh, read, read the game, game amazingly quick, strong, brilliant at everything, and we didn't realise how, how much he had problems with you know with alcoholism, you know, till later on, you know, um, and he, he had to deal with that for for most of his life. Uh, what the, the, the toughest player I played against, including Barresi and Maldini and the Germans and Brazilians I played against, Big Paul was immense. Absolutely. But there's always a team that epitomises for me the calibre of players that we had during our time. We played one, we played Scotland at Hampden Park, and the team actually that day was Packy Bonner Celtic. Uh, right back was Paul McGraw, uh, United at the time, I think. Uh, centre half was, was Kevin Moran, Man United at the time. Mick McCarthy, City at the time, Man City. Left back was Ronnie Wheel and left back, Liverpool. Now, right wing was Ray Houghton, Liverpool. Uh, left wing was Tony Galvin, uh, Tottenham. Spurs, yeah. Centre mid was was Lawrence, Mark Lawrence, Liverpool, and Chippy Brady, Juventus. And yeah. up top was was Frank Stapleton. I'm not sure where Frank was at the time. Ex Arsenal, United, and John Aldridge, Liverpool. Now that is a proper proper football team. It as, genuinely as, is. As good as, as, as you're going to see any in international side, for me, it's just that, that, that was the type of player that we, you know, Jack 
the call out. I mean, we had like we had some great squad players on the bench that day playing for big clubs as well. We won one nil. To be fair, it could have been three. Yeah. Three. We really did um, play well that night. I think I think that's that's a much sort of underrated thing about it. People, you know, people condescend and say, "Oh, Big Jack did his magic in long ball football and all that shite." But like you say, it was proper footballers uh, fitting yeah. into a system and doing a job. I mean, you, you, you've mentioned the highlight on the pitch was probably the the defeat of of uh, beating England one 0 in that tournament. What, what what other kind of highlights were there? I mean, apparently there was legendary crack around the training camps. Oh yeah, just. We just got on famously, the lads, you know. I think the best thing about us was the English media picking on us. You know, I had the Scouse accent, Ray Allen had the Glasgow accent, Andy Townsend had the Cockney accent. We were from all over the place. But, but our ancestors, our grands, our mums, our dads, or whatever, they had to leave Ireland because of lack of work, lack of food. It wasn't, they, 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 they probably stayed there and we probably would have been born in Ireland. That wasn't the case. Okay, we came over here, but it's in our blood. We passed all the qualifications. We played for Ireland. Best, best thing we ever done. But the England uh, press, they started trying to take the piss out of us in many ways. Uh, so we used, we used that as a motivational weapon uh, to ram it down their throats. Plus, uh, the England game was massive. And whenever we played England, we made sure they didn't beat us. They've never beat us since. And I've got to thank the, the English media of that time for really giving us that like a team talk. You know, um, it really meant, meant a lot to us, especially when we played England. We rammed it down the throats. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I was fully aware of the painful plastic paddy bullshit that was going on at the time. As you say, you know, these these are people with genuinely Irish blood. I mean, what the hell? And I, I think another thing that the English media were doing is, oh, it took a good Englishman to get the, this rabble together. Yeah. But again, I mean, that was nonsense too, you know? I mean, no, I mean... Yeah, Jack, 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 you know, Jack, Jack's job was to do it. And, you know, when we beat him, there's no one more delighted than he was. And we were yeah. always like, that was, that was massive, you know. But there was, there was, other than the game, there was some great, great games we had over the years, you know, that, that we qualified with. And, you know, the England games, I mean, all, like, they, 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 I did the one in the Giants Stadium beating it 3 1 0. That was close, one. I was, I, did, I was only shut that day, only played about five minutes. But that was that was amazing. I was for me. I loved it, but the fact that they didn't play, you know what I mean? They play all the game. Yeah, you know, they didn't have quite the same burden as, as as the England game, if you like. But we 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 absolutely loved it so much. It was brilliant, you know. And, but there's, there's many over the ten years. There's so many times, and the, and the, the enjoyment we had afterwards. We, you know, Jack and I was going to have a pint, you know, even on a Sunday when I always remember before we played Turkey, you know. We always have a drink on a Sunday afternoon, Malahide. So we met at the, the airport, went to Malahide, the right few bevies after our dinner. Went to Dublin Centre till two o'clock in the morning. Then we went down to Leisha Street till six o'clock in the morning, Monday morning distance. <laughs> We're playing on the Wednesday afternoons against uh, Turkey, three o'clock, whatever it is, on, on Wednesday afternoon, because uh, of the floodlights. Anyway, so we ended up um, out down by the by the Liffey, drinking with all the uh, drivers. Um, they're all coming in, having, you know, full Irish brekkie. We're still on the Guinness from the night before. And coming in saying, what the hell are you doing? You're playing the day after tomorrow. We've been out since the afternoon. We've been out on the 17-hour binge. Anyway, cut a long story short. Um, and we played Turkey on Wednesday afternoon and we won 5-0. <laughs> <laughs> 
Trev, I used to go the left foot, right foot, header hat trick. You know, it's like petrol to a car, mate. You know what I mean? That Guinness stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you what, that's the best ad they'll ever have, John. They should just record that and play it. Oh, yeah, that's unbelievable. That's what we used to do. We used to enjoy ourselves. We enjoyed the company of each other because we take the piss and we'd have a laugh. We had the crack. We had everything. We so, you know, you pick on one of us, you pick on all of us type of thing. And that's yes. what we took onto the pitch. You know, the fact that yeah. we really loved each other's company. We really loved, loved each other, you know, and you could see that on the pitch. You could, absolutely. I mean, I wonder... Did you, when you went on to be a manager, I don't know if we're, uh, the way things are working out, we may not have time to get in much into the Tranmere days, but did, did, when you went on to, to take on a managerial role, were there aspects of, of Charlton that you took into yours, or even off Dalgleish, or absolutely. was it very much... Yeah, off, the, Jack, off, Jack, off Jack, yeah, off Jack, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, the team spirit was massive, you know, and uh, whenever Liverpool had, whenever we got beat badly, which was, wasn't often, only happened once when I was at the... Uh, after we beat West Ham, beat us 4-1 in the League Cup. Next day, we had the dog day. It was called the dog day, which I was just told to come in, bring a few bob, get a taxi in, or get a lift in, um, and we're going to have a massage, and then go out on the piss, called the dog day. Um, and we went out, and uh, we had a proper good drink. You know, Kentucky Fried Chicken come into a pub, and we had loads of bevies. And then the next next... We, we won, and then we never got beat for ages. And yeah. uh, I, I took that into Tranmere. Uh, whenever we had a bad defeat, I, I told the lads to come in and I'd take them all out, you know, for a, a Indian Indian or a, a Chinese curry. Um, and then I always had a, a really good response at the weekend. Yeah. You know, I had to do that about 50 times a year because we've got me done many times. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a joke. That is a joke. Yeah, um, yeah. But we did some, sometimes when we needed to, I would, I would, I would do that with what Jack Leonard's doing on Liverpool, and you know, team spirit bonding. Because there was a drinking culture in football in them days, not like now. Of course. Of course, of course. I'll tell you what, fella. Listen to you there now. After the week I've had, I fancy a dog day tomorrow myself. <laughs> I, might, I might go on a right one tomorrow, I think. Uh, why not? I, I, why not? I, you know, as you say, I mean, uh, it's, it's it's a different culture, but it's it sounds like a kind of almost, ah, uh, psychologically speaking, mentally speaking, almost like a holiday to get away to do the Ireland thing. Yeah. Well, I know some lads who went over injured. You know, they, 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 they should have stayed back. You yeah. know, uh, but they came over injured, you know, to, to try and play the game. And then the first day to, to say to, oh, I feel this, Jack, you know, but it's too late then for to go back to, to stay over, you know, they just love the crack, you know, which you never get now. Yeah, of course, of course. It's a, it's a totally different setup. Uh, the, to, 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 to steer things back again towards Liverpool, the, the second of your seasons there, it was a complicated one, as you flagged up yourself. Ian Rush had a very brief spell in Juventus and ends up returning. And I guess despite all the speculation about your fate, it's 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 you who ends up having an outstanding season. You, I think it's 34 goals, John, in all competitions, which is bananas. Um, of course, there is, you know, yet another double loss at the last hurdle. And there's a load of other things there, uh, without even mentioning mm, like Michael yeah. Bloody Thomas. We won't mention that uh, that yeah. particular incident. Uh, I, I see they're flogging a documentary about that night recently. I, I yeah. assume, like me, you won't be watching that one. <laughs> no, not at all. No chance, no. No chance, no, no, no. I mean, but that, that, that was more that was more hateful 
than, than the, the penalty miss, really. Um, of course, yeah, you know, yeah. After yeah. what happened to Hillsborough and, you know, the, the, the culmination of the season, you know, we had to cram in all the games and, you know, uh, for me, the, 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 the Hillsborough replay at Old Trafford uh, on that Sunday afternoon was the biggest game probably in my life because of what it meant. And, and it was a game that we could not have got beaten in. It was yeah. just the thought, the thought of us getting beaten that game, you know, it was hot. No, to build up to the game, thinking we can't get beat. It, it scared me, you know. It was, it was horrible build up to the game. Um, yeah. So winning that three-one and, and scoring two, that was that was massive. I can't say how big it was for me personally, but for all the club and the fans and you know everyone concerned, players, that was huge. Bit more so than the final. You know, getting yeah. to the final, then obviously you used the motivational weapon of. of Raising yourself and doing it for the for the families again, and the bereaved, you know. So so then that was huge as well. But the, the semi final for me was the one that we had to win more than anything, you know. I think that's really interesting what you're saying about the nerves kicking in because I think you're dead right. I th- and I've said it to the other lads as well. I think for for me that that FA Cup final win, it's probably most. Uh, it's the most significant trophy I, I think the club's yeah. ever won because because of what Shelf, it meant. Do, do, yeah. do, do you know what I mean? Like it, 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 people can argue all they like about the status of the trophy or whatever, but that was that that ended up being so much more. And you've said it yourself very eloquently. There it was about the people. It was about it was a tribute, yeah. and it it, yeah. it just fucking needed to be won. And that was yeah. that was trap, such you know, a don't forget in them days as well that the FA Cup was was as big as the league, if not bigger. You know, of course, yeah. The definitely of course, in yeah. ten days was absolutely massive. You know, Europe was good, but the FA Cup was always was as big as European. I can't say how big the FA Cup was because of what it meant on the day. The whole day was on the television, the build-up, everything. It was huge. So at that time, it was still massive. You know, massive. You know, you ask any player, you know, um, in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, would he rather win the league or the FA Cup? They would have said the FA Cup. Yeah, yeah, because of the the, the one-off glory of it. Yeah, yeah I, I think you're, I think you're yeah. dead right. And like you say, for for a little Paddy watching the games and from this side of the world and just gathering together whatever scraps he could from newspapers, the idea of turning on the on the telly at ten o'clock in a day and the build-up is on all yeah. freaking day. That was just wonderful. Well, just it, wonderful. Yeah, it was. It was, it was just dream. brilliant. It's something that you dreamt of as a kid. You know, something I certainly dreamt of as a kid, being part of. You know, and I was for two years on the bounce, you know, uh, one great, one not so great. But um, take it from me, that on that stage in them days, it was, it was, oh, the, 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 honestly, words failure, it was so big. And as you say, on the day itself, when the when the trophy had to be delivered, there you are, and you 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 managed to notch a goal so early, and it's ah, it must have been it must have been a strange feeling, John, in the immediate aftermath of all that had just happened so recently. It must have been kind of like we said, like you were get, uh, digging at there, more relief than than joy, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was it was relief big time. You know, we couldn't the thought of letting them people down, you know, yes. suffered through no fault of their own. You know, and the families, you know, it was a big, big weight to carry. It was a big weight to carry, you know. So we were doing it for them, you know, not for ourselves. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, we wanted to win it for them, not for ourselves. That medal's oh. massive, you know. That, that medal means so much to me, you know. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I just, I, I just think it's so significant. I mean, I wonder. I mean, I've, I've said to the other lads, you, obviously, don't, you don't have to talk about it if you don't want, because I can only yeah. imagine the grief you, you must have felt as a local man must have been overwhelming. I know. Yeah. 
uh, at the time there was a wee bit of chat that it, like it hit you so hard I, I think you were thinking of, of taking a wee step away from the game for a while at least I mean that's that's what that's what, what what we were hearing at the time because it was mm-hmm. you know all those funerals well, you know John, must have been... that, that actually came from I was uh, we'd done we'd done something at Anfield on a Saturday afternoon and there was a, a reporter there and, and basically I said look I wouldn't be bothered now he overheard me sort of talking I said I wouldn't be bothered now and ever never played again ah okay because, I'm with you yeah, yeah 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 and that's what I said and, and I, I meant it really I said I wouldn't be bothered but it was the way things are built up. So, I've been to 11 funerals, you know, yeah. two sisters, you know, two brothers. I, I was, we had to go on our own, Trevor. We had to go on our own, you know, representing the club, you know, drive there. Then you had to walk in, sometimes you walk into the, you know, the, the church on your own. And this one I was on my own, was sitting on the end. And I didn't know because you wasn't preempt. Not like today you'd know everything and people would go with you. You went on yeah. your own, you wasn't the end, and, and it was another, just another one that I had to go to. It was in speak, I think it was in speak, I don't know if everyone was going over my head at the time. And I was sitting at the end behind, behind the family, and uh, the, the coffin came through. I went, oh, here we go again. But what no one told me, another little coffin came after, it was his father and his son. Oh, I tell you what, oh, it wow. was just, Good God. yeah, I can't tell you how my body reacted to that. I started just shaking and then I just, it was just, I just, I wasn't prepared for it, you know. I never, you know, it's never been to be prepared whether it's one, two, or or whatever. But that, you know, when I seen the small coffin come behind the big coffin, oh, it was horrible. It was absolutely yeah. horrible. And uh, and you know, that's the type of type, type of things we, we we had to we had to do. And it was important that we did them, you know, to show the respect for the families. And then you, you know, the, when walk on came on at the end, the, every sort of emotion ran through your body, and and that's why, you know. After it, I couldn't, I couldn't really motivate myself. Mm-hmm. Me, 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 missus motivated me, and 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 she said, look, you know, you can't not stop playing. That's what people who died wouldn't have liked you to, to come on, sort yourself out. And we, I got some letters from the family saying they, they read something in the paper about what you're saying, and mm-hmm. you know, please don't even contemplate that. You know, I said it, but I don't whether I contemplate. I don't know what I, I don't know where I was to be honest. Yeah, it was it was all over the place. Yeah, and then um, we we had we had a game at a Melwood, and Kenny said we're going to have a game this morning. Hands up, who wants to play? And my head stayed down, and then everyone's hands went up. He wanted to play quite rightly, so the lads. And then I thought, well, go and put my boots on. I played the second half. I couldn't. I played like had my boots on the wrong feet. I was fucking moved. Yeah. After forty-five minutes, I didn't know where to watch Shit, terrible. Then we went to Celtic. And uh, I, I've always liked Celtic and, and the, the respect and what they showed for us when going back there to get us back on track and back us on the playing field was amazing, absolutely amazing, you know. And uh, it was it was just we, we played the game. We won four one. I came on second half. I scored a couple of goals, which got me the field back. It was important. Got I got the field back. Yeah. Um, and then and then we moved on from there. The Celtic football club was immense. Absolutely, man. The fans are just tremendous, you know. I remember feeling that sort of connection to them at the time in terms of just the gesture. It was, it was tremendous, you know, because it was, it was one club looking out for another club, and it, it, it yeah. did mean a lot at the time, you know. Yeah, um, absolutely. I know Kenny. Kenny was involved because he played. There was two, two of Kenny's sides, but I haven't said that the, the Celtic fans were immense. I, I, I guess, you know, as you say, that little bit of, of rehabilitation, getting your head sort of back screwed on so you could be 
part of what turned out to be, you know, like I, I, I bow to Nolan. This the most important trophy the club's ever won. It, 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 it was, it was very fitting that you got to be in there and, and part of it, and even more fitting that it was Everton in the end, wasn't it? Because it was such a bizarre atmosphere on the day. There yeah, was just well. this. It was it, it was it was odd. It really genuinely was. It wasn't like a competitive thing like you would expect. Even though obviously both teams were really going at each other yeah, in a proper course, football yeah, match. But the, the the you you know yourself. You go into a, you go to Goodison. You go to Anfield for a derby these days. There's a fucking edge on it, John. You know, there's an edge on that yeah, rivalry. Absolutely. But there, was, yeah. there was none of that on the day. Just none. No, no. It's it's different now. You know, the, 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 it's not the, the friendly derby no more. But on that day, obviously, it's friendly. It was the the city that got got hurt. You know, Liverpool Football Club, the city, you know, red and blues, their families, you know, it was someone's sisters or brothers or cousins, nieces, you know, dads, you know, with whatever. It just red and blue through the city. And the Everton fans, you know, felt it, you know, really heavily, you know, and the city did, you know, and especially what the newspapers came out and said at the end and whatever. So we just stood up for ourselves as a city. And I have to say that that day was, the atmosphere was, um, Pretty special. It's pretty special, and you know, it, yeah. it stood. It stood for the city. You know, the the, the respect, whatever it showed, and, and and vice versa. It was just, it was just, it was brilliant. That was that was a lovely part of the day. Yeah. I, I, I spoke, uh, we, we just mentioned earlier on, you know, Michael Thomas and that horrible league end, uh, ending yeah. game in the last minute and all that. Another double sort of coughed up at the last possible, uh, opportunity. I mean, uh, from talking to, to, to Jan and to Mark Lawrence in particular, we spoke about this issue and both lads were saying, look, that just mentally you guys were shot at that point. It was, uh, like it's not re- it's a weird situation yeah. for Liverpool to need to just hang on and, and only be beaten by one goal. And it, it, that's yeah. it's the least Liverpool thing you can imagine, especially that team which is so full of wonderful players. It just it did look like a gang of lads who were just done, you know, mentally speaking. I think we, the worst thing we did was obviously we we, we beat West Ham five one on the Monday. That's um, right. Yeah, which yeah, favours yeah, yeah. you know great goal difference and there to be by two. I think psychologically that we that, that that wasn't helpful. You know, knowing we can go into game and like Kenny's team so it was like don't be stupid, don't be giving anything away. Whereas normally, if we had to go and get a draw or a win, I'm sure we, we possibly would have gone and done it. Don't know. But we were. We put so much effort into all those games. Because after Hillsborough, it was all coming to show up at the time. Perhaps it was one game too far, you know. I don't know. But we certainly didn't. We didn't play well. You know, whether it's the, the mental part, knowing that we could afford to lose 1-0 or 2-1 or whatever. Um, I don't know. But there was something not quite right that night. Yeah, um, and we, we didn't play. We didn't play well at all. We, we it could and it could well have been tiredness, you know, mentally and physically. Yeah, and, and and couldn't have been more understandable. To be fair, I mean that that season ends, and like we say, it's it's a, it's an emotionally kind of traumatic one. The, the 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 close season rolls around, and you're you're it, you know basically we're you're getting very close to the finishing line with Liverpool for various reasons that I'd like to talk to you about. You, I think your last appearance is a. In the nine nil over Crystal Palace, yeah. you're brought on. You, you you score the penalty. Um, that's very early in the season, John, isn't it? What, what, when yeah. is that? That's that's September. September. Yeah. I mean, I remember that sight, that picture of you throwing your shirt and your boots into the cup, and I was good at John. I'll yeah, be honest I was, with you, I was yeah, I good. Now, I imagine you were too. I mean, could, could could you talk to me about the events leading up to your departure from the club and how how it came about? Yeah. 
Um, pre-season, um, I always remember having a, a bit of a run-in with a, a Swedish lad in Stockholm with centre-half. So I pummeled him uh, with my elbow uh, off the ball, which I shouldn't have done now. You're old, you see. Um, and um, and then we were getting beat 1-0. And that's just before half-time. I made it 1-0 just before half-time. And then uh, Kenny come in and said, although off. Doc stitches elbow up, head off stitches in the elbow where I pummeled him. Um, so I said, I'm all right. He said, well, if you don't come off now, I'll go break your legs. What you did, so I came off. Stitched up my arm. Next day, uh, the game finished one all anyway. Next day, my arm got infected, so like a big ball in my arm. Uh, which is my own fault. It got infected anyway. Um, so I was out of the next game. Peter played with, with, um, with Rushy, the 1-1-0. Uh, and then Kenny kept them in all through. Uh, before we played Arsenal in Chad's Shield, we had a game on the Wednesday, uh, a, a full-scale game at, at Anfield. The team we played against Arsenal on the Saturday were played the, the reserves, and I was playing for the reserves, so I was absolutely gutted. Anyway, we played, we got beat 3-1, I think it was. I had scored the reserves. 90 minutes, I get my shower to come in, I'm getting changed, and Roy Evans came in and told me I was playing the Stafford Rangers that night. So I thought, what? I don't think so. I said, last time I played two games in one day, I was at school, 14, 15-year-old boy. I said, I will, I said tell Kenny, to, in my words, I won't tell, you know, the manager to come and tell me himself. I will calm me down. I said, just do it. So I played the Stafford Rangers that night. Uh, we won 2-1. I scored and Mike Moss scored. I got home, couldn't sleep that night. I was absolutely knackered, by the way, but I couldn't sleep. My mind was going everywhere. How could I be, how could I, at a 30 year old, play two games in one day? So I went and waited outside Kenny's office the next morning. When he came in, I went in, told him, I can't, I can't tell you what I told Kenny. Words, words came out, which I thought was, um, I thought it wasn't great for me I'm to do that basically, you know, but he has to get off his chest, you know, confront the manager. Yeah. Uh, uh, and uh, basically, I didn't play for Liverpool again, so then uh, dad came in for me. Uh, Kerry told me I wasn't in his plans, you know, get the best thing they can from the Spanish team because he's going to play Russian kids all through the season, regardless. Um, so I had to look at the bigger picture. I'm I'm curious, John, do you get the impression, because I don't think it'd be the first time we've heard a story similar to this, do you get the impression that it was kind of a done deal before uh, you went in to see Kenny, that like basically him asking you to play that game, that second game, was basically him sort of sort of mucking you about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you, you, you know, the one thing that really hurt me, I, I deserve more respect than that as a 30-year-old. Yeah, absolutely, old. yeah. You know, and, and that's what really rankled me. And I've got, I can't say no much more because things happened in the past, you know, after the, the, the Celtic game uh, and the arguments, but, but no, I'd rather leave that be. But, but, uh, but yeah, I was, I was really hurt. And the fact that I knew, I was, it took me 27, 8 years to get to Liverpool. 27 years, you know, at old age, you know, and uh, I didn't want to give it up. But I told Kenny that, he said, well, you know, you're not going to play. Basically, that I'm not going to play for him again. Um, uh, and so I, I realised then I've got to leave. So the Palace game, you know, scan consolation. Kenny let me go on and take the penalty, which is nice for the fans and myself. 
So it wasn't no. footballing reasons at all, John. Really, it had nothing know. to do with football or your ability. From what you're saying, know. really. I don't know. I just got. I don't know. It's just that Kenny. Only Kenny knows. I've never really asked him about it. Whenever we do have a, have a chat, maybe one day. I'll, you know, that that's. I don't know. They they said they got 1.1 million. You know, and they got. You know, they they got. To be fair, they got a bonus on me as an older player, but they, you know. Uh, that's another story when I went in to see the chairman and, and John Smith, John Smith and, and uh, Peter Robinson. You know, they, they told me that a great offer from a Spanish team's come in and, and I knew what was happening behind the scenes. 1.15 million. And um, and it'd be great for me at this stage of my career. And I went, well, I don't want to go. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, anyways, he said, uh, you know, uh, well, well, I said, if you want me to go, you're going to have to pay me. I'm not going nowhere. I didn't want an agent. didn't need an agent. I didn't do it myself. I'm, I don't mind confrontation. And uh, he said, we don't do damn things over the door. I said, well, you know, I said, we don't, 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 don't do it. Give me no money. I'm not going anywhere. So um, he said, uh, well, what sort of money do you want? I went, so, I want 250 grand. Mm. Out of the 1.15 million, if you want me to go, and he coughed, he said, No, 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 I didn't know. I said, Hold on a minute, then let me get this right. You bought me to 750,000. I was a 27, 28 year old, yeah. You sell me at 1.15 million. I said, That's 400,000 pound profit. You've had 63 goals. Mm. I said, I don't think so. And I'm 30 years of age now. I said, I don't think so. And Peter Robinson said, Well, you could have come here and had nightmare. I said, Oh, well, it didn't. I, didn't. <laughs> I know, yeah, it didn't, you know, yeah. You get a premium on an older player. I said, I know, I said, it doesn't matter, call the dealer. And he said, oh, hold on, let me have a chat, let me have a little chat. You know, you, you go downstairs and then the agent, Dennis Roach, uh, who's breaking, broken the deal for Liverpool and Sociedad, came down and started telling me off. I said, who the fuck do you think you are? You've got nothing to do with me, you're not my agent. You get your yeah. money off them, they get the teams. You do your job, I'll do my job. He said, you've, got, you've knackered up the deal. I said, I don't care about you. It's not about yeah. you. This is about yeah. me. Um, so put him in his place. Uh, anyway, I went back upstairs and they offered me um, not far off what I, what I wanted, to be quite honest. Um, so I knew that. I knew that if I'm going to leave Liverpool, I'm going to make sure that my family uh, benefit from it. Not sure. me. So I wanted the best deal possible, uh, tax tax free, you know, so that when I finish football, it's a big backup for my my kids and my grandkids, and and and, and it was and I reassociated that was 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 a, was a great place. I loved loved the people uh, for two seasons. Loved the best people. I loved the club, and uh, it was a great experience. Yeah, and I, I I can understand that must have been a massive wrench, and I I I I would also I I I'd be very understand uh, understanding if if that had sort of soured you on Liverpool. Well, I know it didn't. Clearly, you're very involved on a daily basis with the Echo and lots of other places uh, in the club. Still, it's obviously your oh, yeah, yeah. passion for to the club fair, has never lessened. To be fair, when I left, I, I was I was rankled. The club that I loved and I've been treated in a way, but no, it's not the club. And I was, the fans wanted me to stay. 
Of course, the we all did, yeah. We all did, you yeah. know. So it wasn't the, the club as such. It was people that, that were running the club. Yeah. No, no, they were the only ones, a few people. You know, no one else wanted me to go. The players didn't want me to go. I got on with them. So it was only them. So I was, I was, I was, I was sour against them. No one else. No one yeah. else. You know, uh, and, and Liverpool's always been next to me, family, and you know, Liverpool's the next big thing in my life. You know, you know, even the, and all the clubs that I played for, I've got a lot of feeling. I've always left on great relationships with the fans and and clubs. So, uh, you know, yeah, but Liverpool's always been there right through 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 the entire life. And that second last club you mentioned of 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 the of the career path is Sociedad and. I mean, John, that's a brave move in so many ways for uh, a Liverpoolian lad to be heading off. There wasn't, it wasn't really the done thing. Uh, the trips abroad for 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 English-based players, there were like obviously there had been a few. I know Russia had gone and Mark Hughes had gone and Gary Lineker and a few of them. Chippy Brady, you mentioned Sunes had gone, but it was rare enough. It wasn't a common thing. And for you to go to a new new country, new language, all that kind of thing. And I believe, John, unless I'm mistaken. Weren't you, I recall at the time, the first non-Basque for years to play for them? Yeah. yeah I mean, that's a massive seven. deal, right? It was politically massive. Uh, but I looked at the bigger picture. They, they offered me, over two years, massive, massive money. Massive money, you know, in the context of what you were getting paid in England at the time. Yeah. Uh, and I thought, well, Liverpool wanted want me to go to another team in the Premiership, or the first division, should I say. Uh, so I thought, well, it'd be a great experience. I know the Basque a beautiful place, and I know I already knew about the people being, you know, similar to Irish people in many ways, the way they've been, you know, capped upon in the years gone by. Um, so I went, I went there, and but I didn't realise that, you know, how political it was with Etta, you know, um, and, and the things going on politically there. A lot of people. Most of the people didn't want me to go to the club. It's a big statement from the club. Yeah. No. Um, but I thought, well, yeah. So the press conference, I, obviously, I, I knew how big it was. Then there was hundreds of people there, and I just said, basically, John Sashak told me, I'm not a politician. I'm here to score goals, to make people happy, to get points, and, and try and make the social that successful. And it went well. And then went down the training ground. There was all graffiti there. Uh, which I couldn't understand at that time because I couldn't speak Spanish or Basque. I could never speak Basque because it was so hard. Thankfully, because he said, piss off, Aldrich, we don't want you. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, so, God. So, but then, then you know, I've, I've, you know, I played and then I started scoring. Uh, I scored a couple of goals in, I think it was Sabadell, uh, cup goals or a goal. And then I scored a couple of goals against Barcelona at home. And that's when he started accepting me a lot more than the fans, you know. Uh, I have great memories, great memories, you know, scored big goals. I think it was the first player to score in five goals, five games on the bounce uh, for them. Um, uh, I scored against Real Madrid at home, which we won 2-1. Real Madrid away the following year, 3-2 I scored then. Barcelona scored eight goals against Barcelona. Six to the new camp in three games, which we drew two two. I scored two, three three in the cup, which I scored two, and then three one in the league. Funny enough, uh, I scored Atletico Madrid, which won Barcelona La Liga. Then the following week we go to Barcelona, and um, 
and we, we line up, clap them on the pitch in front of 110,000 people. They get La Liga, and we win 3-1 and they score two. It was absolutely sublime. Daily Nackerson, God rest his soul, he tormented them that day. But it's something that lives long in my memory. Barcelona, Newcastle, my favourite favorite away ground. And uh, to score six goals there, you know, it means so much to me. Even my grandson didn't believe me. To the <laughs> he said, you're lying, granddad. <laughs> but last year, I said, get on YouTube and the show's mixed it all. Oh, I believe you now, granddad. <laughs> so, that was nice. <laughs> Oh, I love that. It's fantastic. I mean, and you did it again, John. The ratio, forty and seventy-five. I mean, every every yeah. single time, bet just slightly better than, than than a goal every two games. And it's like it's just your stock and trade. I mean, I I, I guess that time came to an end. You did two full seasons there with John Toshak, right? And then it was uh, off uh, back to closer to home with Tranmere. And 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 we'll just kind of maybe come to to, to towards an end here because. The main thing that I, I noticed about your first season back at Tranmere, because I was obviously watching as a guy who had admired, uh, admired you as a footballer, as a red, as an Irish, as an Irishman, and a, and, a, and a scorer for all of my all the teams I love. Forty goals, John. Forty goals in your first season. That's some sort of record for them as well, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. Do, do you know what helped me? You know, when I played in um, in, in Spain, I knew you, you, you. Sometimes you play up. Runs away from home, the way we played, get people behind the ball. You wouldn't get a touch. You'd have to get a kick of the game. It used to frustrate me terribly. I really did, just the way it was in, in Spain. But I always knew my concentration levels had to be high because once a chance comes, a half chance, you had, had to bury it. Yes, because you won't get another chance. You, did, you, you didn't get many chances like with Liverpool, bloody hell, with the players. It was a different format, it was a different way, more technical in Spain. So when I came back to Tramia, I still had. This, this thing in my head, you know, to, to keep focused when a chance comes, bury it. So for every chance come, I was, it's like it's in Spain, bang, in, bang, in, bang, in. And with all due respect, we weren't the, the same type of defenders as it was up against in Spain. You yeah. know, we were good defenders in Spain. So I got more chances, um, and that's why I scored that many goals. Yeah, but you, you, you do it the way you describe it. I, I I can see the logic, but you still have to go and do it, and it's it's just remarkable, man. It's just such a such a such a feature of of a career. It's a remarkable thing to see. Before I let you go and get back to your to your life, there, I would I'd, I'd be silly if I didn't ask you because you're a, a regular commenter on the club for for mm-hmm. the Echo and various other places. Yeah. I'd be silly if I didn't ask you your opinion of where we're at at the moment because. I think um, you can hear from me that I'm I'm a guy who's been there for the, yeah. the all the highs and 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 many and many many lows in the last two decades. I wonder, do you think is there an argument that we might be on the verge of something here with Klopp? Um, I'd like to think so. You know, it's getting more difficult because the money that City spending, United with Chelsea. You know, to be honest, it's getting more difficult. Um, you know, I I, I think. The, 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 what, what we're seeing when you when you think that we're, we're only spending 20, 25 million net spend, you know, a year on players, what Klopp's done, I think, going forward is, is amazing. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. But, you know, we've, we've got, unfortunately, I think we've got to, you know, go now and these players, what City and United again, and, and you don't, you don't like to be paying 200 grand a week, but 250 grand a week, but unfortunately, it's a business now, and we may have to go that way to buy. Whether whether the Americans will do it or someone else might come in down the line and do it, I don't know because you know. Okay, Leicester won the league and show they can be done, so it can be done. 
you know, if, if teams have an off-season, but, but like consistently-wise, we're going to have to fight for these top, top plays now that Neymar's gone, you know, and, and then, you know, the, the, the prices of the plays respectively have gone up as well. We're going to have to try and get in that market. Mm. Yeah, and uh, unfortunately, like you say, it probably does require maybe a new in, in, in sort of management structure, a new in, in, mm. input of money. It just it just seems that way, but it, unfortunately, it's, it's football's gone that way. So do you want to be part of it or or not? And it's and, we're, we're massive. It's hard. Manchester City are not in, we're not in before these come in. You know, worldwide, yeah. there's still miles behind Liverpool and Man United. Worldwide fans, miles and miles and miles. But you know. We, we, you know, the, the way they structured their, their management team, you know, they, they just took them to another tier. And if you could put your Santa Aldo hat on and, and give the club a Prezi for Christmas in the form of a player or two, uh, realistic targets, who would they be in this window? Um, obviously, you know, Van Dyke. I hope it can be done. And I'd have a sneaky little 40 million on Sanchez. I'd, I'd have a little 40 million touch at Arsenal after the game. <laughs> I love it. On Sanchez. Yeah. 40 million plus one like they did for Suarez. No, no, I wouldn't do the plus one. <laughs> I'll just show the intent of where we want to go. Yeah, yeah. Sanchez. He won't come, probably won't come, but just yeah. I'd, I'd love to have a little feel of them, you know, and, um, and Van Dijk, yeah. I love it. Messing with messing with the opposition to the end. <laughs> and at this point, I'm going to let John get back to his day and the festive season. It's a genuine thrill to speak to the men who made history for Liverpool Football Club. And it has a little something extra when the man is a son of the city and the man who wore the green of my country with such pride. So on behalf of myself and all the subscribers of AI Pro, a sincere thanks to you, John, for such an enjoyable and insightful chat. And uh, happy Christmas to you and yours. Thanks, Trevor, and you to everyone else who listens to this, yeah. Take care and have a great holiday. Thanks, John. You're a gent. Cheers, Trev. And thanks to you, lovely subscriber. You're the reason we exist, and there's nothing but Christmas gratitude from me here for your support. Enjoy the holiday season. Keep the faith with Jurgen's Reds, and stay safe out there. Network.